thank you, thank you, great and mighty King. Oh, dear God, I give you praise. I give you praise. I give you praise. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, my God, my Savior, my King. Holy, holy, holy. All right. Everybody said hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Very good to be right here tonight. If you have a Bible, I'm in the book of Psalms. Thank God. Very happy to have some Fort Myers representatives here tonight. And uh, we uh, appreciate Sister Frances helping us with our praise team singing. They're improving, and her, her being a part of them improves them that much more. In Psalms 137, it's a short psalm, so I think we'll read it tonight. Let's follow along. Psalm 137, verse 1. By the rivers of Babylon, there we sat down. Yea, we wept when we remembered Zion. We hanged our harps upon the willows in the midst thereof. For there, listen to that, for there they that carried us away captive required of us a song. And they that wasted us required of us mirth, saying, Sing us one of the songs of Zion. How shall we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? If I forget thee, O Jerusalem, let my right hand forget her cunning. If I do not remember thee, let my tongue cleave to the roof of my mouth. If I prefer not Jerusalem, Above my chief joy. Remember, O Lord, the children of Edom in the day of Jerusalem. Who shall, who said, raise it, raise it, even to the foundation thereof? O daughter of Babylon, who art to be destroyed, happy shall he be that rewardeth thee as thou hast served us. Happy shall he be that taketh and dasheth thy little ones against the stone. Everybody said praise the Lord. I'm going to take my little thought from verse 6, and I, if you'll look at the second part of it following the semicolon, if I prefer not Jerusalem above my chief joy. I'd like to minister for a little while on I prefer Jerusalem above my chief joy. You may be seated. The Lord bless you. I know that you're aware that there came a time when the enemy came, came from Babylon, and he descended upon the southern part of Israel, known as Judah, and two tribes there, and this is where Jerusalem was located, and this was the house of David, 
and the enemy came and began to attack to the point that they took overthrew Judah and the tribes, the two tribes in the southern part, and carried them away back to their land of Babylon. Nebuchadnezzar was the king, and he was even called the servant of the Lord. That the Lord had ordained what took place, the Lord had allowed it to happen, because of there was some disobedience. The Bible here is telling you that during this time of being carried away by the rivers of Babylon, they're no longer down by that beautiful Jordan River that meant so much to them. Uh, and so they're by the rivers of Babylon. They're sitting down, and they're weeping, and it, and it caused them to remember. They remembered the church. They remembered the presence of God. They remembered the law. They remembered all the good things that were built around the church and the work of the Lord. Zion, a name often used to equate with the church, just as Jerusalem is, spiritually speaking. It said, they hang, we hanged our harps upon the willows in the midst thereof. They were no longer involved in what they had been involved with spiritually. They were just taking their instruments and their gifts, everything, and just hanging it. You know, it's like they said about one guy, uh, they, Marvin, they wanted to know uh, what key his sax was in. And when the guy said, I can't remember if it was E flat or what, and I said, what is that? He said, it's a wall hanger. And I said, huh? He said, yeah, it's the kind that you ought to just take it and hang it on a wall. <laughs> well, I guess, I guess their, their instruments had become wall hangers. They were no longer any good to be used. Uh, in the land they were in, in the environment they were in, the people that they were surrounded by, and all of the idolatry that was about them, all the things that the Babylonians were involved with and that type of system. And so they, they just hung up. You know, they got, sometimes people get hung up. You know that? And you don't, you don't want to allow yourself to get hung up on things that are taking you away from or have taken you away from the things of the Lord. You don't want to become addicted to things, and that's what the enemy is out to do. You know, the Bible talked in Corinthians about uh, being addicted to the ministry of the saints. Well, if you don't get addicted in the church and to the things of the church and the things of God, there's something else waiting for you to get addicted to. The enemy has, if you're for sale, if he sees a chink in your armor, and it is written for us to take unto ourselves the whole armor of God, but if he can find a chink, friend, he can find a little crevice, a little weakness, a little place where he can begin to push his way in, and he will come in with a force, and you better believe that he's going to try to do just that. He wants, he wants to get you to hang up your instruments of praise. He doesn't want you to clap. He doesn't want you to enter the courts of Almighty God lifting your hands and your hearts with your hands. He wants you to just get hung up on something else. He's got something to get you hung up on, something that will uh, hijack you from the church and from the things of God. And he's actively pursuing to get you addicted to something other than God. I want to be addicted to God and His church. I want to I crave it. 
Is it not written about, about uh, Nicodemus and, and uh, Joseph of Arimathea that he came and he craved the body of Jesus Christ? There was a great desire. He wanted that body, and he went to the, the, the authorities after he had been crucified on the cross, and he wanted that body. He wanted to do the right thing by the body of Christ. There was scripture. There were things that need to be fulfilled. And the Spirit put in this man a great desire, even an addicting desire, to go get that body off that cross and do right by it. I want to tell you, you don't want to leave the Lord hanging up. You want to do right by the church. You want to be a part of the church. You want to choose and prefer the church above everything. 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 Verse 3 said, For there, there they that carried us away captive, right where they brought us to. Oh, the enemy's going to bring you someplace, all right. And it's been said we had a young evangelist here, and he, he's quite a songwriter and musician and, and a good, good little preacher, too. And, uh, but he's, he wrote a song that the Lord inspired him, that sin will take you further than you want to go. And uh, you think you're just going to go so far and just footsie around and play a little bit, but sin's going to take you further. Sin's got a plan, friend, got a plan to totally mess up your life beyond this life even. Wants to mess it up right here, but friend, he wants you in hell. He wants you in hell, fire, and damnation. He wants you where there's, where there's nothing but misery and agony. He wants you where there's people wailing and weeping and gnashing their teeth on, their, on what's left of their flesh. I'm telling you something, the devil doesn't have one good single thought about you. He doesn't have any kind of good plan. And you better listen to the church. You better listen to the word. You better know that his, uh, his name is so great, yet he put his word above his name. Think about that. And he wants you to get this word in your heart. What did David said? Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. I don't want to depart with an evil heart of unbelief. I don't want to fall from my own steadfastness. I do not want to be carried away. Carried away. The only thing I want to be carried away by is the Holy Spirit. That's what John the Revelator did, right? He said the Spirit carried him away. I believe Ezekiel had similar experience, and we sure know Enoch did. <laughs> And Enoch, Enoch got in such a spirit and got of the Holy Ghost and got carried away by the Spirit of the Lord that he was no more. Man, they were hunting around looking for Enoch, and Enoch was gone. God said, I like this dude. I'm taking him. Amen. If you're going to get taken by something, get taken by the Holy Ghost. Get caught up by the Spirit of the Lord. Get taken into a place where the angels are and the glory is and the power is and, and there's purity there. There's holiness there. There's, there's the great presence. Get up, see if God won't take you to his throne room for a little while and give you a tour of what's going on in the heavenlies. Isn't that what it did? And presumably with the apostle Paul, who was caught up in the third heaven, went in the body, out of the body, said, I cannot tell, but I heard some things that aren't even lawful for me to tell you about. Woo! I heard things like seven thunders had uttered, and I couldn't tell you what he said because he told me not to. Told me not to. Woo! Yeah, Lord. And, of course, that was John. And so if it wasn't Paul, it was John. If it wasn't John, it was Paul. God's got a hand on his people. You want to be a part of it. You want to be in the church. You want God's hand on you. You want to be led by God's spirit. You want to be carried away by God's spirit. 
You want to be caught up by the presence of the Lord and the word of the Lord and the glory of the Almighty God. Amen. What did it uh, say again in Corinthians? It said about not being carried away unto these dumb idols. I'm going to tell you what. Don't talk to me about American Idol. It's just a dumb American Idol. You hear me? It's just things that are absolutely no good for you, things that are not going to produce anything good in you. I told a man the other day, I was with a, a couple of the singers and that did the album that I brought back, and uh, where we were sitting, uh, it was right next to a big, long table in, a, in the hotel, and, and they said, right there at that table, we were here one time, and they said, you know who was sitting right there? We looked up, and sitting there was uh, Santana. And so... One of them looked at the other, looked at the other, and then they looked at me, and he said, oh, he's an old hippie. He knows. He, he's an ex-hippie. He knows who Santana is. And I said, I'm thinking, yeah, I know who he is. I know he's Satan. That's who he is. He's inhabited by the wrong spirit. They're involved with the wrong thing. So later on, I got one of the guys that, that's uh, very musically gifted, and I said, hey, I said, you didn't, you, didn't, you didn't need to know that that was Santana. Santana needed to know who you were. He needed to know where you were sitting. He needed to come talk to you. You're the guy that's got the truth. You're the guy that's got the message. He's singing about the devil. He's singing about filth. He's singing about black magic woman. And you're singing about Holy Ghost and fire. You got to bet about the right thing, my friend. The right thing. The right thing. The right thing. Amen. Amen. Oh, yes. It said, for there they that carried us away captive required of us a song. And they that wasted us. You know, you can just waste your life. You can waste all the good things that God is trying to invest in you because you can't, young people, you, you're not coming up mature enough. You're not, uh, I wanted to tell somebody the other day, I wanted to say, you know, when I was, became a man, I put away childish things, as the apostle said. Put away those childish things. Got away from those things. You, you start growing in grace and knowledge. You get under the burden and the load of responsibility. Brother uh, Miles Young preached a tremendous message about, about getting under that, getting the responsibility in your life to not have to be your arm twisted or, or uh, that we have to coddle you and, uh, and molly coddle you and, and uh, you know, do little things to bait you into church. Uh, we shouldn't have to do that. I want to tell you, if you prefer Jerusalem, as I believe you do, I prefer Jerusalem above my chief joy. Now, that devil's wanting to get you to be thunder thumbs and stay home and do all that kind of junk. And you got to tell him, uh-uh, but you, I, I don't mind doing this once in a while. There's nothing wrong with it if the games are right. But I got to go to church. I'm going to the house of God. That's my chief joy. That's where I'm running to. That's what I'm looking forward to. It's Wednesday. It's Sunday. It's Thursday. I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm excited. That's what I'm looking forward to all day long. All day long. Oh, yeah. Amen. You know, they used to teach a lesson, and they used to have a thermometer. You've seen the fundraisers, and they have a thermometer, and they'd have certain points where they'd, how much they raised, and they would show in red and up and up in the thermometer as they raised whatever the money was for and how much amount they got. And, uh, but there's a, there's a lesson on the gifts of the Spirit and the temperature. Instead of money, it's temperature. And the, and the hotter you get, that the, the more that God's working in your life. And that red is going up and going up and going up until you're on fire for God. 
You want to be in prayer meeting. You want to be in worship service. You want to be in, in whatever the church is doing. You want to be a part of it. You hunger, blessed are they that do hunger and thirst after righteousness. Righteousness shall praise him. Righteous people shall worship him. Righteous people are going to heaven. They've got God's righteousness. It's not their own. It's not filthy rags. It is the righteousness of Almighty God. Amen. And I could preach another sermon right now, but I've got to save it. I'm going to save it. Amen. Amen. Oh, yeah. So he said, he said, uh, they that wasted us required of, of us mirth. They were looking for us to laugh and cut up. And, and, you know, trouble is, when you know the truth, when you have this, this beautiful experience and you are baptized in Jesus' name, and you are filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. Let me tell you something. What they are singing is, we don't fit in here. We're, we're sheep. We're not goats. We, we're in the church. We, we don't belong with this world. We don't belong hanging around their crowd. And I realize we're going to be witnesses, and we're going, we have the power to be power witnesses, and we're going to tell people all over, but we're not hanging out with them. We're not frequenting where they go. We're not wanting to be with their crowd. We're with the church-going crowd. Everybody said amen. We're with the spiritual crowd. We're with the crowd that are speaking often one to another the name of the Lord and getting their names put in the Lamb's book of life. What did the psalmist say? He said, you put me in your book. You've, you've fashioned me and you put all my parts and my members. Man, God's got, man, I'm telling you, God said brain number 672 million. I just gave that one out to so-and-so. I didn't get that number. I didn't get the brain miss that day but i'm saying god god's got your number friend he he knows everything about you he's got his book and and the more you read the bible the more you find out there's some books uh, revelation said the book was of life was open and the books were open so don't worry about uh sometimes people get worried they want to see the books well you just keep reading the bible there's 66 of those books right there and you don't need a whole lot of other places to go hunt books if you've got this book and I mean, I'm not against a little enjoyment, but you better hear me when I tell you, you don't want anything to take the place of the Word of God in your life or anything that has to do with the church. You don't want to get carried away. You don't want to get wasted. You don't want to, what did one place in the Scripture say? To what purpose is this waste? Well, just lift that part of the Scripture and those words and that phrase out of there and ask yourself, I'm not going to waste my life. I'm not going to let the devil waste me like they wasted these that were carried away to Babylon, to a land of idolatry and polytheism. I'm going to stay in the church. I'm going to be where I belong. I'm going to be by the rivers of water of life that absolutely give me joy and happiness and peace and lift me up and encourage me and water me, cause me to be fruitful. Oh, yeah. Everybody said amen. Yes, sir. Show us laughter. Sing us songs. There was nothing to laugh about. There was nothing to sing great songs about because they'd left all that. They'd, been, they'd left it spiritually, and then the, the Lord just let the enemy come in and finish it out and just carry them away. You're not doing any good here, so you might as well go somewhere else. And off they were taken. And now, and now the enemy is actually making sport of them, making fun of them. Sing us a song and give us some laughter. And here they were in the pits of depression. 
Oh, you will go into depression. You get out of it. Let me tell you something. The, the will of God is so precious. And if you don't think so, the good Lord will just let you get out of his will for just a little bit, and you'll find out the difference real quickly. And you'll find out how miserable you'll be. And, and I'm telling you, you want to don't take it for granted. You should, I told one young lady who's got beautiful hair that God gave her, I said, you better thank God every day for that because some don't have it. And I'm not talking about me. I'm a male. But the females, you know, your hair is given to you for your glory. And you want to thank God and you want to pray over and you want to ask God and you don't want to complain. You know, you get some women, uh, I have to say women in this case, that start uh, getting going backwards in the wrong direction. Their heart is, is getting weak, and, they, and the first thing they want to say is uh, what happens is rebellion gets in, and the first thing they want to say is, hey, well, if there's any one thing that I could change about the church, it'd be about a woman's hair, you know? And uh, you don't ever want to entertain that stuff. You want to rebuke that spirit. You don't give him a little crevice to get in there and start planting seeds of complaint and, and mulligrubbing and murmuring and muttering. You don't want to allow that. You come against him. You take the armor of God and you meet him and you just say, God said it and I love it and it's right and God's ordained it and God's looking at every part of me and I want to thank God. Amen. 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 And so we don't want to take anything for granted. We don't want to just act like it's always going to be. You wake up and realize that God has been so gracious and he's been so kind and so loving. And uh, it's like one guy, uh, he left the church, he played the guitar, and he sang a little bit, and he wound up in leaving the church. Well, the devil, I told you, he's going to have some place for you. So this guy started uh, singing and playing in bars. And uh, where do you think the devil's going to take you to? You think he's going he's gonna to take you out and show you a nice, pure, happy, loving time? Oh, no, he's not going to do that. He's going to defile you. He's going, he's going to make your life miserable. He's going to put depression in you and where joy was before. He's going to put every kind of misery where happiness was before. Where the Scripture said we take off the garment of, of mourning and we put on the garment of praise, well, the enemy does just the opposite. If you don't appreciate your garment of praise, he'll take that away from you and put on the mourning. And then you'll be mournful and you'll, you'll be a part of a funeral the rest of your life. And it'll be your funeral that you're, you're, that you're witnessing as you go through life uh, with a funeral dirge following you all along. And misery, I'm telling you. And this guy, he, was, he said that every time that he would get ready to, to open up for that night and play and sing, he said the, he could feel the presence of the Lord come in. And he'd begin to weep and he'd begin to realize as he was tuning up his guitar and getting ready for his nasty bar routine. And everybody's out there drunk and getting drunker. And, and, uh, and, and he's, after a while that happened three, four, five nights in a row and times. And he, he got so frustrated in his flesh and he spoke out and he said, leave me alone, God. So God did. And the Lord never visited him again. And then he was crying because God didn't come around. You know, some people just can't be happy, can they? Some people just can't leave well enough alone. Some people can't take a good look at what all is in their lives and find something to be thankful for. In everything the Bible said, give thanks. And I tell you, the devil hates that. He hates that. He wants you to get miserable. He wants you to, to be unhappy. He wants you to be a complainer. Remember the 11th commandment, children. Thou shalt not complain. Okay? That's senior pastor started in the 11th commandment. Okay? Amen. But I, I, I believe Moses had the finger of God on things, and so there's mine. Okay? Everybody said hallelujah. 
what he wants, but you give you replace that with praise. You replace that with a thankfulness. You you tell the Lord, I'm 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 so glad for everything you've done in every way. I prefer the church. I prefer it above every place. Any other I prefer it to every sports stadium in the whole wide world. You hear me? I'd rather be right here in church than any place you could name. This is where I want to be. This is what I want to be doing. I prefer Jerusalem. Hey, I prefer Jerusalem, the church, above all the soap operas that Hollywood can produce. I don't care about their drama. I don't care about their complaining and all their lady dogs yapping. I don't care about it. I prefer the church. I prefer God's voice. I prefer Jerusalem. I'm not missing nothing. Amen. 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 Oh, yeah. Everybody said hallelujah. Yeah. Sing us one of the songs of Zion. <laughs> you know, the further away you get from it, you get kind of forgetful. You won't be able to remember those songs, much less sing them. He said, how shall we sing the Lord's song? in a strange land. They don't want to hear the Lord's song. You're trying to fit out there with the goats, you silly little sheep. You'll never fit in. You hear me? You'll never fit in. Never. Never, never, never. No matter how, what you do, how you paint it, how you cut it, how you undress it, you're never going to fit in. I don't care if you wear Dulce and Gabbana or anybody else. You are not going to fit in. You're going to find out that you're just miserable and you're unhappy. You're like a broken tooth and a foot out of joint. You become unfaithful. You want to say, dear God, I prefer the church. I want to be in the church. I want to be thankful for my place, my seat. I want to be thankful to be able to lift my heart with my hands and sing the songs of Zion with joy and laughter and happiness. I prefer the church above all. Above all. There's not anything you could name, not anything you could name that I prefer above the church. Not anything you could name, not anything. I don't care if you told me that you were going to bring me a brand spanking new Rolls Royce. You know what I'd do with the brand spanking new Rolls Royce? We'd be going to Craigslist, and, and we'd be selling that and help us build a, another church, this and another one. That's what I'd be doing, okay? I'm not interested in anything except doing the work of the Lord, knowing our direction, having the purpose is great peace to a heart that's in the will of God. Believe me, outside his will, everything has a way of going wrong, absolutely going wrong. You know, uh, old brother Jonah found that out, didn't he? Yeah, God said, let's go do thus and so. And, uh, and Jonah said, let's not. Jonah said, you know, I really, I want to go down to Tarshish. I don't want to go to Nineveh. I don't want to go there. He knew that, he knew that that meant responsibility. He knew that that meant accountability. He knew that that's what God wanted him to do, and he got to think about doing something else. He knew that that meant leaving every precious right thing. How about uh, you read in your Bible in the book of Psalms also about the anointing of the Lord and how it's a precious ointment, precious ointment. Friend, he left that preciousness. He left that behind. He got on the wrong ship going in the wrong direction to do the wrong thing. And 
he got outside the will of God. And first news, you know, the first storm that came up, it was, uh-oh, uh-oh. He'd already gone down. He was going down to, to Nineveh, I mean, down to Tarsha, and he was going, going down in the wrong direction. He was going down in the bottom of the boat. And next thing you know, all of a sudden, this big blimp thing popped up on the, on the top of the water in the midst of all of the storm. And, and here's these guys got this guy, Jonah, and they chuck him overboard. And he left, he left their hands and went right in the mouth of a prepared fish. I'm telling you, God goes a long ways to try to get us into his will and get us going in the right direction and get us happy in the Holy Ghost where we should be, where we're singing the songs, where we're quoting the scriptures, where we're among people that are hungry for that and happy about that. And, and the atmosphere is clean. The environment is pure. There's no dirty jokes. There's no bad words going on. There's no filth. And, and disgusting things. I told one of the young ladies the other night, I said, I would, I would be ashamed to tell you what goes on out there, young lady. I said, you don't want to find yourself in that position, in that place with those people. You don't want to be on that street corner. You don't want to be up and down the sidewalks with those people leering at you. You don't want that. I'm telling you, it's the most horrible kind of lifestyle, and you'll be one of the disappeared ones. You'll wind up in human trafficking, which is one of the biggest industries going on in the world today, globally, and they just snatch you, and they take you, and they sell you. You better wake up and say, I'm so glad I'm in the church. I don't want to be carried away to Babylon. I don't want to be carried away anywhere. I want to be in the will of God. Amen. Amen. Well, you know, that old Jonah got to down again, down in the belly of the, of the whale. New Testament calls it that. And uh, down there in that specially prepared fish. And uh, I have a feeling it was all kinds of specially prepared. All kinds of things God put in there to help Jonah for the next three days to make up his mind. Jonah, I'm going to give you a chance to make up your mind to do the right thing. And man, I have all ideas that God was aiding and abetting Jonah in choosing correctly. Taught you often that Moses said, set two things before you, life and death. Life and death choose one of them hint 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 choose life choose life and all ideas that god was helping jonah to make the right choice and, there, and you know the bible said that god knows your ever thought and old jonah was thinking about it could be in touch right now. So, boom, that fish just went he rolled the left and he rolled the right and jonah tumbling around, tumbling around, tumbling around bouncing off all that blubber inside of there talk about that must have been where the psychiatrists and the asylums got the idea for a padded room huh took their blueprint from that some people believe that Jonah came out of that whale and he was he was the color purple that uh, the dyes within the, the chemistry of that fish just stained him real good from head to toe and I guess when he came out of that fish he had he started a new fat huh that was the in color at least you hope it was, because he. But he was the only one sporting it right then. <laughs> and and uh, Jonah finally, thankfully, made up his mind, and he prayed out of the belly of hell. He called it. Didn't sound like a very good trip, did it? Didn't sound like he was singing songs and laughing. 
Oh, no. And, you know, people don't like to admit that they're miserable. People don't like to admit that the word is right and God's right and the preacher's right and the church is right or if mom and dad or, or some guardian is in the church that they're right. You know, they don't, they don't want to, they're pride. But, you know, God had that, that whale doing pylons and split S's and, and loop-de-loops until Jonah was like, you know, barfing up inside there. And, and then the whale got sick and he barfed up Jonah. Get out of here, bro. Yes, sir, even the world will cast you off. You know that? Even the world will cast you off because you just won't fit. Because you know what? Every once in a while, you're going to say something that doesn't fit with them. You're going to quote a scripture. Or you're going to refer to something that was used in the church, you know, how we say things. And, and, and you're going to say that, and they're going to be looking at you narrowly. Who are you? Where'd you come from? You know? Oh, yeah. You better believe me when I'm telling you now. Said, man, how how can we do how this is this doesn't fit this it's incongruent it's incompatible how can we sing songs here from the church they don't want to hear church songs I know seen said Feld and I years ago went to a conference and I mean ten or twenty years ago something we went to a conference and we went out to eat and there was nobody in the place hardly and they had this guy young kid sitting on a stool and he tuning up his guitar and getting ready to sing and he looked at us we were the only ones in the place and he said he said well, do you have a request. So I don't know if we said Amazing Grace or what. And he went, Amazing Grace. He said, long time since I've been in church, man. But, you know, he, he got one up for us. And I remember being in a, a, a Latin restaurant, uh, something like Cantina Laredo or someplace. And, um, and they came around, you know, with the big sombreros and had the guitar and the, whatever you call those things, the shakers. And, uh, and you know, and they had uh, all kinds of little instruments. It was about four of them. And, and they came to your table and, you know, you you ask them for a request and they'll sing it, and you, then you're supposed to give them a little offering. So uh, I said I was, had my little dollar and I was like, well, I just acted like I was in church and I was y'all. I had my little dollar, and and uh, and I said uh, I said I want you to sing, uh, you know, Amazing Grace or whichever one I named. And uh, boy, they they got to looking at one another and they got to rapping in Spanish and. And, and then one of them was, like, hitting the guy, and the other was, yeah, okay. You know, pretty soon they got into it, and they, and they did pretty good. And I gave them my dollar, and happy, happy, you know. And, and I knew they was just as convicted as all get out because, you know, they needed to be in church. They needed to be where the truth was being preached. Oh, yes, my friend. Oh, I wouldn't even know songs to, to require of, of somebody to sing that it wasn't a church song, and I don't want to know any. Hear me when I tell you. Oh, friend, you make the church your life. You, you learn everything about it. If you're going to gorge, gorge on the things of God. Just fill yourself up to the brim. And what did David say? My cup is full. And then it goes over the brim. It's running over. Yes, sir. This, we got a river that's coming right out of the throne of, of, of the Lamb, and it's crystal clear. And, and where it goes, it brings life. It, brings, it produces fruit. Everybody said amen. Everybody said hallelujah. Amen and amen. I thank God. I want to prefer Jerusalem. I want the church. Y'all want to go? I want to go to church. That's what I want to answer. I'm going to church. You want to go with us? You come and go with us. We're going to church. We're going to church. Amen. I like when, I like when family comes in and, and, and they're miserable because after about 15 minutes, of no television, they can't stand it. You know, they're just miserable. 
and no bad talk, and no nasty jokes or magazines. And you're just you're just happy and you're trying to talk about God and the church and they want to know, isn't there anything else we can talk about? No. No. Not really. That's that's what we do. We're so happy. If you had what we had, that's all you would talk about. You'd just be so thrilled and so happy. Let me tell you, you want, and it starts with you obeying what the Word of God says. That's believing. Jesus said, only believe me. And, and he tells you to repent, believe him, repent. He means what he says. He tells you to be baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ for the full pardon and forgiveness of all of your sins. Believe him. Do what he said. Do what I believe in Jesus, but I ain't getting in the water. You're not believing that. You're showing him that you're unbelieving. Everybody said amen. I think I told you before about the, the guy that was going to go over the tightrope uh, guide wire across the Niagara Falls, which takes you from the U.S., or up around Buffalo, New York, or somewhere, and takes you over to Canada. And those rushing uh, waterfalls is just unbelievable. And, I mean, they're, you know, they're loud, they're thunderous, and, and, uh, and the wind and, and the spray and everything else. And, and this guy was going to, to walk across that, that mile long or whatever long cable it was. And there's a guy next to him, and he said, he was supposed to kind of be helping them a little bit because they sometimes they carry a pole, you know, to help them keep their balance and different things like that. And the guy that was going to do the tightrope walk, he said to the guy, he said, do you believe I can make it from one end to the other? The guy said, oh, yeah, I believe it. Okay. All right. So he's getting ready. He's got the rosin on his hands. You know, he's got his feet in there. He's getting ready. And, you know, it's wet. It's slippery. All that water and spray and all over the place and wind. He's getting ready. He looks at that guy again. He said, you really think I can make it across? I believe you can make it. He said, I believe it. I believe it. You can do it. So he looked again. He saw a wheelbarrow there. He said, one more time. He said, do you really believe that I can make it from this side to that side? He said, I definitely, positively, 100% believe you can do it. He said, do you believe I can push that wheelbarrow across? He said, yes. He said, okay, then get in the wheelbarrow. You believe Jesus said what he said, and you believe it? Then come get in the water, and we'll baptize you in Jesus' name. Amen. Don't be saying, I believe, I believe, I believe, and then you don't obey. You're not believing. You're just, you're just proving the falseness of your words, you know. So it's important that we obey what he says, and he's telling us to repent and believe this gospel. The death, the burial, the resurrection. Death, you repent. You die to your sin. Not going to live that way no more. In the burial, you get buried with him in water baptism. And I'm telling you, I'm batting a thousand. I've never left anybody in, in the, under the water yet. Bring everybody up in Jesus' name. Thank God. And then you, res, you believe on the resurrection. You get the gift of the Holy Ghost, the spirit of resurrection. Amen. And then that's when you have believed. And then you keep believing. <laughs> everybody said amen. You get saved, you want to stay saved. Huh? You don't need those nasty cigarettes anymore. You want to keep it that way. You know, you don't, you don't want that. Like I've had people call today, and uh, one fellow's having a, a, a liver transplant. Well, more than likely, that's because he drank and drank and drank and drank and drank liquor, beer and wine until he's got cirrhosis of the liver. So they've got to try to take his liver out and put a new liver in. Then you got to worry that your body will not reject the new liver. Oh, friend, there's a whole lot more to it. It's not just like, whoop, take it out, put it in, everything's okay. It's not quite that way. 
There's a whole lot more. So, you know, just be better for you to go ahead and, and treat what God's given you, and he's numbered it in his book, that you're treating liver number 136 that he gave you right. You know, treat it right. It's yours. Isn't that nice? Everybody said amen. Amen. So we're going to make a good repentance, and we're going to get baptized. We're going to get the Holy Ghost, and we're going to be so happy, and we're going to prefer the church above everything else. I had a kid one time, he, he uh, missing church, and, and I said, where, where have you been? He hung his head, and he said, well, I've been down there where they're, they're playing softball. And he said, I was sitting in the stands. I've been watching them. My cousin plays there or whatever. And I said, yeah? I said, so how would you feel? He said, miserable. I said, didn't fit in, huh? He said, no, I didn't. I said, better get back to church, huh? He said, yeah, I better get back to church. But you know what? Sometimes it's not so easy to get back. You've got to be careful because there's those forces of hell that you've let get between you and what you prefer and should be preferring as your chief joy. And they get between there, and they try to resist you. They try to keep you. Wasn't it nice that coming out of Egypt, God put the people in front of their enemy, had their enemy behind them, and the enemy's coming after him, and God said, I'll take care of everything in front of you. Watch this. And he, he caused the Red Sea to part and stand up on end. He sent a wind to dry the, the riverbed, and they walked over dry shod, and then God caused the whole thing to collapse right back on their enemy. I want to tell you, don't let anything get between you and your God, between you and the church. You don't let anything get drive a wedge between you and your what should be your chief joy. So glad to be saved. I want to stay saved. I'm not bound by an alcoholic spirit anymore. I'm not bound by a nicotine spirit anymore. I'm not bound by any devil anymore. God has given me power over those spirits now. And I can rebuke them. I can cast them out and cast them down. Amen. It is written that you are to cast down every imagination in every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Anything that rises up and is trying to keep you from doing right, that the church teaches, and that it's your chief joy, and the enemy's going to try to steal that and destroy that in your life, you are to cast that down. That thought comes into the, to your mind, you cast it out, you cast it down. Somebody's suggesting something to you that's wrong, you cast it down. Amen. And oh, but I got involved and I crossed the line and they know they got dirt on me. God takes care of our dirt. You hear me? That's why you can get baptized in Jesus' name and all your dirt gets taken away. And if somehow you invite some dirt back in, you remember your Bible teaches in 1 John that you can confess it to God and He's faithful and just to take that dirt out of your life. He will do that. You want to repent and overcome every day. Every day. Every day. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Amen. Oh, yeah. Somebody's threatening to rat you out. Just, this is all you got to do. Bring it on. Bring it on. We're going to show you how we do it. He, deal with that. We deal with that real good. You know, sometimes we get field mice in the house when the time of the season when the cane and burn up, you know, and somehow they find a way in, don't they? They tell me if they can get their, their beginning of their nose in a crack, they can get the rest of their body in. And some of them some chunky little chicken-looking things, aren't they? But somehow, they can wiggle themselves right in there. And uh, 
But you know, I have a really good, uh, a really good uh, exterminator. And he's called Sam the Bugman. And I've been knowing him for probably 38 years now. And he's always been Sam the Bugman. I don't even know if I know his real name. <laughs> Sam the Bugman. And uh, when I have to get rid of them little pesky little boogers, I call Sam the Bugman. And he's faithful to come over. And I remember in Fort Myers, we had some really bad ones. And they were bold. Those weren't field mice. Those were mama and daddy rats. They were big dudes. And uh, they looked like tomcats. And uh, I, told, I told Sam the Bugman, I said, they got a problem up there. And I said, these guys are bold. I said, they'll come and stick their head down through the ceiling tile and look at you. Kind of like dare you. Nah, 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 come get me. You know, and they couldn't catch them. They couldn't get them. They laughed at the traps. They ate the cheese. You know, nothing worked. So Sam said, okay. He said, I got what you need. You know, I like it when he says, I got this. I love that. Sounds like the Holy Ghost to me. And, uh, and, uh, and I can get it in more than one language because Sam is Cuban. So, you know, he'll, he'll tell me in Spanish, too. And um, so anyway, he, he, brought, he brought a box with this. These look like building blocks that kids play with, you know, A, B, C, D, one, two, three, and you build things. You know, but they were green. And he said, this is what I use in the sugar mills. What I use in the sugar mills. He said, you take this, and you, I'm going to give you something. You put it in there, and you mix it up. You just put it in a, in a cup or a, uh, an old can. He said, you set it up there. He said, that'll be the end of them. And you know what? It worked. It worked. And that's what I like about the church. It works. God will get rid of the devil in your life. He'll get that rat out of your life. He'll get that dirt out of your life. He will move it, friend. Only God, what they say, who can forgive sin but God alone? Well, they had that right. They just didn't know that that was God sitting there. <laughs> His name was Jesus Christ. And he told the guy, thy sins are forgiven thee. And they were looking for the guy to be healed and get up and dance around and, and you know, jump and shout and have a good time because, you know, he'd been healed. And the Lord said, oh, you want that one too? Well, we'll bring on the encore. Okay, we'll do that. And so the Lord gave him his healing. But he shows you that the most important thing is to get rid of your sin because you can go to heaven uh, uh, cripple, <laughs> so to speak. You can go to heaven missing an arm or a leg or an eyeball. It doesn't matter because God's going to change all that. He's going to give you a new body. Isn't that nice? Well, I'm glad about that. I'm hoping he's going to give me that. I told somebody the other day, I said, there was a time in my life when I was, I was like Tom. I didn't think nothing about it. Jump up on the fence and do a flip onto the ground, all kinds of things. I never thought nothing about it. I said, but now I think a whole lot about it. <laughs> I can't move that fast anymore. I'm not that agile anymore, you know. And, uh, but I am saying to you that, that uh, hey, you know, it's going to be heaven. You're going to step on the scale in heaven, it's always going to read the number you want. Isn't that nice? It'll come right that perfect weight, and there it'll be, because it's going to be heaven. He's going to change our vile body. <laughs> oh, brother, I'm going to get rid of this vileness stuff. I'm going to get that good, happy stuff. Amen. I'm going to have a body made out of hands in the heavens. And the Bible said we're groaning to be earnestly uh taken with that and that's yeah that definitely i'm groaning my knees are groaning and my hips are groaning and my back is groaning and all that kind of stuff you know and i'm like what is this you know because you feel like it was just the other day i was touching the rim 
But not no more. Forget the net. We're past the net. We're up there touching the rim. Boy, I remember the first time I touched the rim, I thought that was it, man. And I didn't, there was no Michael Jordan then. I'm a little older than Mike. And uh, not that Mike, but I'm a little older than Mike. And, uh, oh, yeah. But I can't get nowhere near the rim anymore unless I get a stepladder. Or maybe a lift. Might have to rent a lift from ROC, isn't it? Oh, well, whatever. Everybody said hallelujah. You want to get in this, and you want to get a hold of this, and you want to get a hold of you to where you stay saved, to where you stay delivered, to where you just don't want it anymore. You don't want it anymore. You lose the taste for it. You lose the desire for it. And let me tell you something. You come in here, and you and we... You know, thank God we've got Sister Williams back. Thank you. Give God a big hand. Amen. And, and we don't say that in putting anybody else down. We appreciate all the help that has come from Fort Myers. And everybody said amen and give God a big hand. Amen. Amen. But uh, we're just used to what we used to, you know. And, uh, and that's that. It just fits right. And uh, what I'm saying is, is that we, we want to... Uh, be appreciative of what God has given to us. We want to be thankful for what God has given to us and how God does things. And, and the joy that we derive, the happiness, the things that we prefer, all of the things about the church, we prefer that above everything else. There's just nothing else that we're going to let creep in, nothing else that we're going to let have a part. And, and I'm telling you, the devil absolutely wants to get you either addicted or re-addicted. He wants to get you back to the wrong things. But I'm telling you, you get this truth in you and nothing else works. Nothing else fits right. It's never going to do it, be the same again if you go back on God and, you, go and you, let, you let things down and you let other things begin to take precedent and take a higher priority in your life. The church is to be the highest, the chief. The chief, in the, in the Hebrew, that's rush. It's to be the rush in your life. Woo! And my rush is my rush. I want you to know that. That's my Holy Ghost, my Holy Ghost, my Holy Ghost. Everybody said amen. amen. And you got to fight for that. you got to fight for that. I'm telling you, the devil's going to try to come in and put something else there. Amen. 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 Everybody said hallelujah. Look, if you don't put the church first, the writer said, let my right hand, and if you're a lefty, it'll be your left hand, lose its skill, lose its cunning, lose its skill. He said, if I do not remember thee, then he said, let my tongue, like you got a big hunk of super glue up there. You know? and, uh, I remember when I went to Pastor Hopper and I needed surgery. I said, break out the super glue. I cut it. And he did. Did you know that that's what super glue was invented for? For field surgery out there in the war zones. They didn't have time for all that other stuff, so they used super glue. And they, whatever was wrong, you know, and you had a gap in you as wide as a ravine, they pushed it together and super glued it and it held. That's what they did. So I got my, my finger surgery by Dr. Hopper with super glue. Worked out pretty good, too. Amen. So he said, look, if I'm not going to remember the church, if I'm not going to put the church first, he said, let me lose my skill. And he said, and let my tongue cleave to the roof of my mouth if I prefer not Jerusalem above my chief joy. But you know what? We prefer the church. Let's stand together. We prefer the church. Everybody said hallelujah. hallelujah. Church is first. Church is the best. 
Church is better than your little friends running around your neighborhood. Maybe you shouldn't play with them so much. You might pick up the wrong words. You might get the wrong attitudes. You might get to desiring the wrong things. So you don't need to be texting them. You don't need to be Twittering them. You don't need to be meeting them and talking to them, yada, yada, yada. All right? Everybody said amen? They don't belong in your phone, and you better not have a freak phone neither. And you better have a phone that anybody can look at. You know, I saw a kid the other day that we're trying to get to come to church, and he comes once in a while, and I happened to pull up at the gas station, and he was sitting in a car on the side, and he didn't see me. And I walked right up to the car to say hello, not knowing nothing. And, and he looked up, and boy, all of a sudden, that iPad went. Boy, I just wanted to reach in and grab it and say, what are you looking at, man? I didn't need to do that, though, did I? I think his actions betrayed that pretty well. Amen. Come on now. We got nothing to hide here, church family, because we can, we can confess it, and we can get it clean. We can get it taken care of. God's going to wash us good. The more you're here, the more washed you're going to be. Amen. The happier you're going to be. The more you put Jerusalem, the church can do for you what no other institution can do. I'm telling you, we have the blood of the Lamb. We have the Spirit of the living God. We have the gifts of the Spirit. We have every kind of healing that you need, every kind of forgiveness that you need. We have the love of God that will make that will cause you to love your spouse and your spouse to love you, and you will wind up in divorce court. Let me tell you here now, you just need to prefer the church above everything, everything, everything. Amen. Amen. The church, you prefer the church. The church will make you strong. God is your strength. And he can strengthen your heart. He can strengthen your soul. Amen. And then you can do like they did on that ship in that storm. The Bible said they took that lading. That's the bill of lading. That means all the stuff they had that they were weighted down with. And they, with their own hands, they cast it out. You can cast the devil out of your life. You can get rid of him. You get in a good man up prayer meeting and begin to call on the name of Jesus Christ. And you can put the devil on the run, the one that's bothering you, the one that's trying to trip you up, the one that's trying to invade your Holy Ghost space. Amen and amen and amen. Let's lift our hearts with our hands. And let's begin to make our way to the front. Worship Him. Yeah. Come on now. 